0: You see, I the coach, coach, the coach, coach, you see, I the coach, coach, the Cooch, Cooch, K-U-C-I, you see, I the coach. Cooch, the cooch, 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 Naked Comedy. This is Naked Comedy, and this week our guest is the totally awesome and amazing Tom Lennon. How are you Bye. doing? Hi! <laughs> Hi!
1: <laughs> I should know that I don't have a trademark on either of those words in front of my name, so.
0: Yeah. People, should, other
1: people can use them also.
0: Other people can use them, but I haven't said yeah. it about other people, so you should but feel happy.
1: And par- fuck those other people. They don't deserve it. <laughs> Who did you talk it. to, Andy Dick?
0: <laughs> He's next on the list.
1: He de- He deserves maybe one of them. <laughs> um sam i'm sorry this interview has taken years to establish
0: years and years you should feel sad
1: the last time i saw you was at uh at comedy is dead right yeah which
0: hasn't happened what happened to that show
1: has it not happened since
0: no you guys did the show and And, then it kind of disappeared i I blame you
1: destroyed it Um, that You're was a really, really fun show. It uh, is. When they it's... said, hey, do you want to do comedy in a cemetery? <laughs> I thought that sounds kind of weird, but it turns out it's the awesomest comedy show ever.
0: It is, right?
1: Yeah. It's it's at least, actually... At least, that, at least that night was, because it was like Natasha Leggero, who's a genius,
0: mm.
1: and Patton, um, and me, who's a genius. Mm. It was really quite something to behold.
0: Yeah. It's funny, because like, that, show, that yeah. show can either be amazing or horrible. There have been some comics that have gotten up on that stage, and... Like I feel the same aura that makes the show amazing can also freak terrible? yeah can yeah. freak people out. There was like one guy yeah. I can't even remember. It was somebody good. I just can't remember his name right now. But he was just like I have to go off stage. Like I can't, I can't. Do that. to
1: not remember their name when they bombed.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Maybe that's why I that's just blocked out my memory. Very
1: good policy to just not remember it. Just yeah. don't, Just didn't happen. Yeah. They never
0: bombed. Why? Why would um, you say that?
1: But that was a very fun show. Yeah, I'm well, sure it will happen again.
0: Hopefully, and maybe we'll be there again, and we can say hi again. I'm like, yay! I don't have to pressure you into interview. You'd be like, yay! Um, I'm sorry, but
1: yeah. But since you, I last saw you, I moved and had a baby. Wow! Yeah, a whole bunch of crazy shit's been going on in my life. And and you have like a bunch of,
0: you've done a bunch of stuff. You had like a like a movie come out, and you're like working on. You're doing all sorts of stuff right now.
1: Uh, right now we're doing. We things have settled down a little bit. We're just kind of right now. We're working on a movie for Ben Stoler right now. Mm. Um, for him and his company. So
0: Very awesome. Uh, uh,
1: kind of, kind of mellow for a little bit.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, because usually you guys are aren't usually you guys working on like two or three like. Films Generally, at a time we, yeah.
1: Usually, what we're doing is we are often like shooting Reno 911 during the day, mm-hmm. and then at night writing movies on at night and on the weekend.
0: <laughs> well, basically
1: every second that we're not shooting Reno 911.
0: There's something being done. Well, we're, for the, we're
1: right. Yeah. For the,
0: the listener who doesn't know what's going on, and if they don't, I, I don't know why you're listening. But you can listen anyway. Yeah, who, let's, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> let's backtrack a little bit. Um, You had a baby. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> how How old is he or she?
1: He is uh three weeks old. Oh, wow. He's still yeah. tiny. He's really tiny, yeah.
0: He's still so in that phase where everybody goes, oh. He hasn't worn out his welcome
1: yet. (laughs) I'm preparing for like the the you know the him to be a total dick years, which are coming very soon.
0: Yeah, Once they hit about three, like that's you're gonna you're gonna. I'm prepared for
1: like three till like thirty. Yeah, because I know, because
0: I was. Yeah, (laughs) and it runs in the family.
1: Uh, Apparently, yeah.
0: You could just like put him in everything that you do and make him resent you, but not mouth off to you because you're giving him work.
1: Yeah, that's weird. I'm trying to figure out how to make him exactly like me, <laughs> but, but you know, usually kids revolt against whatever you want them to be, Yeah. but so I really don't know what to do.
0: Well, you have to really I, wonder I, if you uh, want them to be better than you, or if you want them to be, like, your equals.
1: I guess what I'd like is a kid who can, like, fix my car. Mm. So I guess I should raise him as, like, sort of like a blue-collar, like, like car jockey. <laughs> like a kid who can, like, change my oil and stuff. Oh, no, yeah. not, like, I'm not talking, like, a slave. <laughs> But, you know, like somebody around, like a kid who's around who can, like, fix your car and fix your, no, 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 I guess I do mean like a slave.
0: Yeah, well, that's kind of like the traditional way. So. Yeah. Good luck with that. I I, I just, wish you well. Just oh.
1: like a boy that I, I keep in the basement who does, you know, who does manual labor for me. Yeah. I've also, I've also thought about raising my boy like that movie 300. <laughs> you remember that where they have to fight like a she-wolf and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, oh, yeah. yeah i they thinking like, hit, maybe doing that with them.
0: Once they hit 12, send them out. But what would the equivalent be in LA?
1: Uh, I think I actually would just take them out and make them kill coyotes and stuff.
0: Oh, it would be helping the environment. So. Take
1: them like out to Malibu Creek State Park <laughs> and put them put them in like a leather skirt and make them fight coyotes.
0: <laughs> in San Diego, they have a bunch of bobcats like right by the high school, so you could have them hunting there. Well, the yeah, kids but are I like, feel like I feel
1: like that's that's irresponsible as a parent to make your child fight bobcats.
0: Mm. But coyotes.
1: Bobcats will kill you. Yeah. Coyotes, are, you know, they're not expecting you, I don't think.
0: They'll just bring out, you know, the Acme bomb yeah, thing. Oh,
1: exactly. Anvil will drop anvils on you and shit.
0: But you'll never get hurt. No. You'll just get away. Um,
1: Yeah, but I, I do want to toughen them up, so I'll probably do like a 300-bit with them.
0: Well, I, I wish you luck with that. I hope it turns out the way you want it to. It's no, I don't kind of think a I'll need any kids. luck with
1: it, Sam. I think it's a really, really good plan.
0: But so, now that you have a kid, uh, do you think you're going to put as many dick jokes in your scripts and such?
1: Um, it depends what scripts of mine you were reading, the ones that had tons of dick jokes in them or the ones that were night at the museum, which have almost no dick jokes in them. So that's a tough call. (laughs) Um, I would say so far my sense of humor has not changed yet with a kid. (laughs) Uh, In fact, kids kids love dirty
2: jokes,
1: (laughs) and when I was a kid I did. Um, Actually, I have written one joke in my life that is designed for children. Uh, it's really only one, but here you want to hear it?
0: Sure.
1: It goes like this: right on you. It, it's I. I don't, I'm not trying it out. I know it works on kids. It's <laughs> like, hey, if you want a joke written by me that is guaranteed to work on a child, here it is. Ready? Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? A puddin' mush.
0: A puddin' mush? Who?
1: You put in your shoe. That's disgusting. You should use the bathroom like everybody else. <laughs> okay. You're an adult woman.
0: <laughs> but it's
2: try
1: so- that joke. Try that joke on a kid. Tell me they don't pee their pants giggling.
0: I, I you know what? Trust our me. our school has a ton of kids uh, staying here right now right. for the summer. I'll go. I'll lay it on them. Right. they'll be blown away. Try it on a
1: kid. Try it on a kid who's like, I don't know, like six or seven. They'll
0: no freak out.
1: Yeah, see see what happens.
0: Have you Have you done this before? Have you tested it out? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On the key audience.
1: That was uh, that joke was actually tested on uh, Mike Jan uh, of the state on his kid. <laughs> he was the first kid I tested it on. I realized, you know what? This is a foolproof kid joke.
0: <laughs> so how come you haven't cornered the market on kid jokes?
1: Um, I don't know if there's that much money in it. Mm. Is there a lot of money in it, do you think?
0: I don't think I think that the kid joke market kind of died a little in the late 90s, but it's ready for a comeback. Yeah, I, think so too. I think it's so I think like, you could
1: come like, back. Back. Like, a, like a book of jokes for a 7-year-old.
0: Yeah, like like when Shel yeah. Silverstein put out his his books on tape. Those well, are pretty not, that's
1: big. Different. A, that's different. He's a genius. <laughs> Phil Silverstein's a genius. But I'm he, just a dude. But he's not
0: putting out CDs now, so you don't have to compete with him.
1: Well, I believe. Isn't he long dead?
0: Probably. No, he's alive and
1: well. <laughs> he's, either, he's either long dead or totally fine, and he lives in Cape Cod. And I can't remember which one it is.
0: I, I can't remember either. I know we have a bunch of... Uh, I want to say he's not dead, but because I said I that, think he's he, probably I'm dead. I'm
1: pretty sure he's not dead, but if he is... God, we, that guy was a genius.
0: If he is, I should be interviewing him right now.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. If he's not dead. Or, by the way, if he is dead and is, like, haunting some awesome little uh, inn on Cape Cod, you should be interviewing him for that also.
0: Maybe he, yeah, maybe he's possess- Maybe he's possessing somebody. He's not haunting. He's, like, possessing somebody, giving them... Or, like, being their muse. I feel like he would be a muse. Oh,
1: he's, like, being somebody's muse. Yeah. yeah.
0: Without them... Yeah, I, knowing. I just
1: hope if I ever have a muse, it's not, like, a weird old dude, like, with a beard.
0: Mm-hmm. Just but if like I get
1: haunted by a muse, I'm kind of hoping for like hot little naked chick who floats around on my shoulder.
0: But if you're haunted, like, but muses are like spirits; you don't see them.
1: Uh, unless yeah, they're alive. You no, know that you do if you drink absinthe. Yeah, that's how you. But find not your the view. one in
0: the states. The the illegal kind. The kind you ship. No, it no, over.
1: the one with warm, uh, the real one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it like Barcelona and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. You got to ship it over or bring it yeah. over. sometimes uh, some We can actually
1: get it up in Vancouver, Canada. Really? I, I know you can because I've had it up there. Yeah. Oh.
0: Good to know. The one with
1: it. it's got uh, the real one. You'll know it has wormwood oil.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Which how it's filtered. They won't put. And in it makes states. your
1: face feel very, very flush.
0: I heard it just tastes like, like way too much mint and a little bit of vomit, though.
1: Uh, it does not taste like that. No, it tastes. Uh, that's actually inaccurate. I would say. Oh. Whoever told you that was not entirely accurate. It tastes a little. Uh, well, what does it taste like? It tastes. It doesn't. It doesn't taste like mint. It is greenish, but it tastes like. Uh, it tastes like absent. There's really no other way to describe it.
0: Not like, like maybe not mint, maybe you meant like menthol.
1: Yeah, there certainly is a vapory taste to it a little bit, yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: But then you've got to let a sugar cube on fire. There's a whole process to And there's a spoon, there's really a special spoon that
0: you need to actually drink it, right?
1: There's, a,
0: there's like a special slotted spoon that's kind of pointy. Like um,
1: yeah, it helps. It's, well, that's to, to do the sugar cube thing on the top. Mm-hmm.
0: Here's all processes. Yeah.
1: I'm sure you can Google all of this.
0: I, I'm sure we could Google. I, yeah. You know,
1: I hope the kids, the comedy kids aren't looking to me for their <laughs> absent suggestions because. I mean,
0: I think I that's, I think that's, I, I think that's what I, they want to know from you. I think that's what they want to know. For the sake of argument, I'll ask you some of the other questions that I had, you know, not absinthe related. Uh, okay.
1: Time, that was, that was
0: it. These are all absinthe-related. Um, okay, hear about this. Um, okay. <laughs> so, like, how So, how are you... How are... Ah, mouth fart. Um, Use your
1: words. Sound <laughs> it out. Use See my See the brain. word in your head first, and then form it, and then
0: say it. See the word on the paper, then in the, then in the head, then in the mouth. Okay. okay. How are you feeling about the state DVD finally being out and in people's hands now?
1: Um. You know, actually, I'll be honest. I have mixed feelings about it, because... I have to say that I love, uh, part of me really loved that the state was unavailable for years. I think it was really cool that it was like something that you could not get and Mm. only like people who really knew about it knew about it.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: So, you know, I'm a little, I'll probably be a little sad that that era is over, that it's still readily accessible to everybody. Yeah. Um, You know, that said, uh, I do think it's cool that people are going to be seeing, you know, there's, there's sketches on the state that are, I think, really pretty amazing. And, uh, I, I, uh, I'm glad that they won't, uh, they aren't lost forever.
0: That they found it, some, it and they put it back um, together. Um, there's
1: some very cool, there's some really, really, I mean, some of the state stuff is some of the best stuff we've ever done. Mm. And, and if not the best stuff we've ever done, it's certainly the weirdest stuff we've ever done. So,
0: <laughs> Like porcupine I mean, racetrack, which I finally know what it's about. I feel bad because like, I'm one of those kids that like, I think I was seven when it was on and, yeah. um. So I, don't, I didn't get to see it when it was on, and I just kept hearing about Porcupine Racetrack, and now I've seen it, and now I'm happy. And I feel
1: uh, um I love that you know, I think you know what Porcupine Racetrack is about, because um, I'm pretty sure I don't.
0: I'm not sure if oh, I know I, what it's about. I've just heard about it and heard right. stories, and yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I can't really particularly tell you what it's about. I can tell you that it was written, that it was written in the same amount of time it takes to say it, basically, <laughs> to sing it. I basically sat down... And sang out all the words and wrote them down, and then was done. A lot of these state sketches were written in about as long as it takes to actually type them. Mm. So,
0: but that's kind of the beauty um, of it. There I was... think that
1: is a uh, well. I think what was good about it is you could tell that we're not really censoring ourselves.
0: Yeah, as We as had it
1: no like there was no filter in place yet. So. Yeah,
0: that's what I that's what yeah. I heard a lot was that um, I think like. Michael Ian Black said something about, like, yeah, they were too busy with a bunch of other stuff that was going on that they didn't really, like, super look into your sketches and, like, say, no, you can't, you know, like, like, stop you at the beginning of it. Like, they would, you know, after you shot stuff. Yeah, they,
1: you know, they would once in a while give us notes on stuff, but I think, I think they didn't particularly really know what to expect from us or or really care. The show was really not that expensive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when we were doing The State, we were all, the difference between, a week that we were shooting a show, or weeks that we were on unemployment, was, you know, like less than like something like twenty dollars to us mm-hmm. or something. So it was a it was a very very inexpensive show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they never, you know, they never really gave any input network wise, <laughs> particularly after we had gotten started. So it was it was really an ideal situation. Yeah.
0: Very cool. How did you feel about the the dubbing process? Because I know it was. It was necessary to get the DVD out, but revisiting the sketches in that way is probably something strange. Yeah, I think the only strange.
1: sketch that's dubbed is Barry and LeBond, right? Maybe. As, far as I know. I don't know.
0: There's, uh, a, I think there's there's other, a few other others. There's a few oh. others that were just kind of like, hey, we're going to talk about only one, the only one stuff. I had
1: to dub was, I think, one of the Barry and LeBond's.
0: Because mm.
1: we couldn't afford the, the Marvin Gaye that was in the background, I think. Oh. Um. Yeah, which is, you know, a bummer. But, yeah,
0: what
2: are
1: you going to do? Uh, I think the, the uncut one's on YouTube anyway, the original, so.
0: Yeah, which I which I, uh, I saw because I was like um, on the forum, a special thing dot com. You know, there's always talk of the state and there was um, a lot of people talking about their feelings about the dubbing. The you state know, like, and all things related, yes. Yes, the state and all things I related. I know that, yes. You know your thread. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm aware of that thread, yes. And
0: I, and I was asking people just like, you know, what is the difference? And somebody did post up. Like a back to back YouTube clip of the edited and the non edited, and I have to say, you made him sound a little bit gay, in the dubbing. Oh, in the
1: in the re In the re-dub well, version. I gotta say, imagine dubbing your voice basically, you know, for something that you did fifteen years ago. Almost, yeah. You know, so yeah, my voice really doesn't sound the same. Yeah, that's. When too. I was in the state, I smoked like three, almost four packs of cigarettes a day too. So. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> I sound quite, quite different.
0: Well, I think it still it still retains the. The essence which i guess is the goal of the whole dvd is the essence but at least you know that that first run that first you know the the original state that will still kind of be like i'll ne- like i'll never know really about like the first state and like um like there's a sketch it's not it doesn't seem like it's too big of a deal but there's a sketch with like slash in it like um i think like uh carrie's like a mom oh, yeah. uh- and there's yeah, like
1: that one. That sketch was about, that one sketch was, uh, and then it ends with they've got fleas. Yeah, yeah, they've got fleas. Yeah. But so there's, like, yeah, all sorts was, of
0: stuff. The that music's was That was a
1: weird effort. There was a brief period where we were, like, trying to do, MTV wanted us to do things that somehow related to, like, MTV and music and popular culture, and, mm-hmm. and we weren't particularly good at it, <laughs> um, nor did we particularly, like, really care, so it was, like, Really very few. There's one sketch called, I think, Cindy Crawford, mm-hmm. which is David Wayne as Cindy Crawford. <laughs> Talking about those days where she feels like she's like a middle-aged Jewish man. <laughs> and then you cut to David. But, you yeah, know, there weren't, there weren't that many, like, those were in these sort of make MTV happy category. Yeah. There was one Some that I saw. There, there really weren't that many. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think there was one that was just, like, basically... Again, like, it was Michael Ian Black and he was, like, in love with his toothbrush and he was like, let's do a montage to pop music and...
1: Oh, that was not the movie's MTV, that is just Michael Black's sensibility. <laughs> let's dance around to popular music.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that wasn't a change song? Maybe it was, I don't know. I Oh, the that,
1: music, I'm sure the music was probably changed for that one, too. Yeah, but I was like, that works, yeah. like,
0: you know, it's wacky, but they can put their music, so it works out. But...
1: Uh, yeah, that's a good sketch, toothbrush.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm DJ intern Sam of Naked Comedy. Thanks so much for downloading my podcast. I do my best to put on a quality show for you, the more than quality listener. But you may be wondering to yourself, this girl DJ intern Sam <coughs> seems to um have trouble with uh on air forming of sentences and coherency. How did she get a show? Well, it's very simple. Here at KUCI, we are open to anyone becoming a DJ here. Um, we have four training courses a year where you learn all the technical know-how you will need to produce a semi-decent show for everyone to listen to that everyone who listens to KUCI will love. If you'd like more information, please check out our website, KUCI.org training or email training at KUCI.org for specific dates and times. It's really fun, and it's really cool to have your own show. But I, I must stress, they do not teach you how to do the non-dialectical radio voice. I can't stress that enough. You, that is up to you. You have, Whatever voice is good, I, microphones are... Di- training at KUCI.org. Thanks, and now I return you to the interview already in process. So what's the deal with the um the, uh the state special that's been talked about for like years and years and years now the DVD is out, um, have they said anything about that or are you guys? Uh,
1: you know we could put out the state DVD at some point. I'm sure. Uh, we the the uh, CBS Halloween special. I don't know if people know. but Here's the real story of what happened when the state broke up, which is uh, people people often think that MTV canceled us, which is absolutely not true. In fact, they offered us. I believe the offer was something like guaranteed 65 more episodes on the air, which is a humongous deal in a lot of episodes. Mm. Um, And we were phenomenally stupid and badly advised at the time. Um, And the only person who actually told us we should stay was uh, uh, our agent, who's a character I actually played on the show for real, whose name was James Dixon. (laughs) He was a really outstanding agent. He actually represents Jon Stewart and Jimmy Kimmel and and Adam Carolla and a ton Mm. of people still. Um, but he advised us that we absolutely positively had to stay at MTV and we were idiots to leave. But we didn't really listen to him. We just, uh, we, we were very, like, we had really huge heads and, and, uh, thought that, like, CBS was an amazing place. Mm-hmm. You know, we had this deal with CBS. So the deal with CBS was to do, I believe, something like three specials at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then presumably after we did those specials, they would pick us up for, like, a real series. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, they canceled us after the very first one, mm. uh, which was like, and not only that, but they actually, we were in New York, and all the CBS people were in L.A., mm. so they called us to cancel us at 9 a.m. in New York, Ooh. which means that they got up at 6 a.m. Los Angeles time, They <laughs> woke up extra early just so they could call us to cancel us.
2: Wow.
1: And I remember being like, wow, they must really be pissed with us they <laughs> got up three hours Early, just to call us on the phone
2: mm. and
1: uh, and cancel us. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a disastrously stupid idea <laughs> for us to move. I don't know why we thought we had any business being on CBS. I mean, mm. if you look at the kind of sketches we were doing, I mean, we were literally doing just completely absurdist material. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it doesn't literally makes no sense at all. I mean, mm-hmm. the more you think about it, the sense it makes. Like we we're doing like Sideways House and Serialist commercial and. You know, we were doing sketches that had no dialogue in some cases. (laughs) So it was just like, you know, it was a really, really horrendous idea. But, you know, we were 26 years old, 25 years old. We really had no idea what we were doing at all. So, you know.
0: And it worked out for the better because, like, I mean, everybody in the state has gone on to do still amazing things. I will
1: say I do think the state honestly had... I think we had several more good years of uh, in it, and we were kind of just honestly hitting our stride. Um, you know, which is like I guess the reason people fondly remember the group is because we never like we didn't linger and overstay our welcome and become shitty ever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because we we were done. We you know we died young basically.
2: Yeah. Just... Um,
1: so so I mean I, I do think certainly us us burning out fast like that mm-hmm. is part of the reason people love the group so much because we didn't you know we didn't linger around and and suck we just we were what we were and then we were over before you even before honestly anyone had ever even heard of us so so other than a couple of like very very savvy comedy kids you know
0: yeah and then like five years later everybody starts popping up again in other areas and it's like oh
1: yeah I mean the other thing is you know I mean we are most of the group we are still like um, all very best friends we're really close we talk to each other constantly and um we did do a couple shows this year, and i got to say, they were really, really fun, in fact. We did uh, two shows at the San Francisco Sketch Fest, which was just, like, really, really a lot of fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. There's talk of a tour at some point, too. So I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but it seems like it may.
0: Awesome. Do you guys still write sketches together?
1: Uh, we do. And uh, the one the one thing that we've done in any of the shows that we've done recently is we, just, we don't do any old material. Mm. We really have no interest in that. So we've actually... You know, to me, you know, they wanted us to do a, a panel at the, the San Francisco Sketch Fest this year, and we did, which is like a panel discussion. But I was really not interested in that. To me, I'm interested if the state does stuff that it always be performing new material yeah. and showing that when we're together, we're still a very vibrant group, and we still are generating really cool, interesting new stuff. And I think if you if you have seen any of those shows, you would see that. You know, we still take it very seriously and we still fight the best material and we still are really passionate. And, and we still write sketches that are really, really different than any other sketch group you would see. Um, when we're together, there is something very special to the 11 of us being together, mm-hmm. even though it does not happen that much.
0: Well, hopefully it'll happen more yeah. and more yeah. and more. Do you know, um, is kind of random, but you guys, were you offered to be at Comic-Con or asked to be or anything?
1: Um, no, I don't know why. We never, we we just didn't really get organized. I'm sure they would have probably had us at Comic-Con.
0: Um,
1: I'd say everything about the release of the state DVD, if you, if I had to pick a word, it would be wildly disorganized. (laughs) Even once we got our shit together on it, it's still like, I mean, there's no, unless you, you're a diehard state fan, I don't think there's anyone in the world who would know what's actually coming out this month.
0: So, Tom, what kind of projects are you working on right now?
1: Uh, we've written like three or four films that are, uh, for the same studio that we wrote Night in the Museum for. Oh, okay. So it's a studio that we work at a lot and a place we like to work.
0: Very and, cool. Yeah. And by we you mean you and Ben? Ben Garrett? and Ben.
1: Yeah, Ben, my partner. Very yeah. Cool. How
0: did you guys start becoming like you know full on writing partners, or were you always writing partners?
1: Um, no, in fact, in the state we never wrote anything together ever at all. <laughs> um, that didn't come up till much, much later, uh, and I guess it came up right around when we started working on the state movie uh the, the three people that became the most heavily involved in that
2: mm-hmm.
1: were uh, Mike Jan, uh, Ben, and myself. And so, uh, I don't know, just during the, the state, of course, the state movie never happened, but <laughs> uh, we were working on it for a long time. So uh, at some point during that process, we just started uh, getting together, and eventually Mike Jan hired us to write a script for him
2: mm-hmm.
1: for a movie he was going to direct, and then that movie kind of fell apart, but it ended up becoming a really good spec script, and a lot of people read it in Hollywood and just kind of liked it, and then uh, then ben and I just kind of kept getting hired to write things for people, and then, you know, we had a couple movies that were hits, a couple movies that were disasters, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of the way it goes. You'll have some hits and some flops, and, you know, we just, uh, we have a very good work ethic when it comes to writing. We write a lot, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Like all, all the time kind of thing, cause Pretty I've seen much you all the
1: time, yeah.
0: I've seen you guys perform at the UC at UCB, like do some sketches and stuff, and it's always amazing. Um, but is that is that are you allowed to be like that free and stuff when you're writing for a Studio?
1: Um, oh yeah! In fact, I would actually say you probably, you know, you have to be. The reason, like, I think that Ben Stiller probably hires us a lot to write stuff for him, is is very specifically because of like the state and because of Reno nine one one, and because he knows we have. A slightly weird sense of humor and a mm-hmm. sense of humor that is pretty close to his sense of humor. So no, you you definitely have to be. And in fact, honestly, like our all of our culty stuff that we do, like the state and Reno Nine One One I would say is culty too. Mm-hmm. I mean all of that feeds our our writing totally.
0: Very okay. okay.
1: certainly we do try to perform at the UCB as much as we can. Also mostly just to sort of keep ourselves sharp, you know.
0: Keep yeah. Not keep. get lazy active and stuff so do you um do you see a difference really in like performing and and writing or do you feel like you kind of learn from both
1: i think it's exactly the same the only thing i think is different i think is if you perform a lot i think it'll make your writing better Mm. uh it'll make your dialogue better it'll make your characters better if you're a writer i always recommend taking an improv class um if you can Mm. just uh, even if you don't ever plan on acting just because it'll make your you're writing so much more natural and better. Yeah. So, and
0: because yeah. you're usually writing under it's, it, the 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 idea that you'd be able to go to the writer's room, sit down, you know, have a day to write is is very rare as I've as I've heard or so.
1: Um. Well, Ben and I write in a very different style. We we both write alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You really can't write with someone else. <laughs> it's just not a like not when you write the stuff that we write, which is like when we're in uh sorry my mother-in-law's having a coughing fit <laughs> um uh you know when we're writing movie scripts and stuff you really need to be doing it on your own mm-hmm. just because you don't need like that other you don't need an extra filter of someone else's you know yeah. filter going when yours is going yeah. So, yeah
0: so how do you guys balance it do you guys like do you guys know kind of like what what scenes would be good for you know you to write versus Ben to write or like how does that balance out
1: um, actually, it's totally like arbitrary. We'll do an outline. We'll do a very, very long, very detailed outline, um, and then we just divide it up and we go. And we never like we almost never even talk to each other while we're doing. <laughs> it. We just send each other pages, mm. and then every time you send the other guy your section of the script, he rewrites it and sends it back to you. So we're basically just doing a constant rewriting of everything that we're writing all mm. the time.
0: It's very, it's very cool. I'm, I'm sure there are people listening, aside from just me, that I find it cool. But, you know, even if that is the case, it's my show. I can do what I want. Yeah, <laughs> but one? It's, it's just something that I think is really interesting to people who, you know, maybe aren't interested or maybe don't want to be performers but want to get into the writing world. Like, oh, there's still a to, big element. You have
1: to have to do something. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I have no doubt that the reason Ben and I have gotten a lot of movies made is because we, we both write like actors. Mm. and we write in a way that actors totally respond to you know yeah. so
0: and they can pick up on it well absolutely that's awesome and um more awesome news is that you guys are picked you guys are doing right now the seventh season of Reno 911 uh it's
1: a possibility I don't know we haven't actually heard been picked up yet so I oh, know okay. we just finished the sixth season literally like last night oh wow so um you know at some point usually relatively soon we'll find yeah. out so we haven't heard anything yet, but that's usually how it goes. They wait a little bit, and then they call at some point. So I certainly hope we do a seventh season. We love doing the show. It's a lot of fun.
0: How was it this season with um, with Joe and Ian? Um,
1: you know, those are they're two of my favorite. A lot of people were bummed that we replaced a couple of cast members. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, people get bummed about everything we do on the show. People <laughs> would have been bummed if, we had, if we'd been do- doing everything exactly the same. Yeah. They would be bummed, too. So... Uh, you know, i, I got to say Joe is one of my favorite people. And Ian, I think, is literally one of the best improvisers I've ever seen yeah. in my entire life. So, I, I mean, a- anyone who's ever been to an ASCAT show yeah. knows that he literally... I mean, he literally wrote the book on improv, so...
0: He's an he's, amazing,
1: yeah. amazing
0: performer. I have a question. Did did you guys... Because Ian, is he's amazing, but he is interesting in the fact that he can be two different people based oh, on yeah. the weight he has. Did you request oh, yeah. him to be... Big Ian, or did he make that choice? Because uh,
1: he kind of made that
0: choice. Because in the movie, really he was skinny Ian.
1: Uh, Ian. Oh, that. Oh, the just weight-wise, um, that I think was just coincidence.
0: Oh, because he, he, he. To me, he always he takes on during... different characters. Like when I've seen him perform. Oh, exactly. he like. He he'd like just is like okay, I'm gonna be like different Ian for now. <laughs>
1: the funny thing is, he's now back to totally, totally skinny Ian.
0: Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. I just saw my him wife, do the uh, ask. My wife, it.
1: who's known Ian for. Oh, well, I don't know, like fifteen years. Mm. Uh, actually, when Ian at one point had bulked up so much, she introduced herself to him at a party, <laughs> and I was like, "Honey, that's
2: Ian." <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's true. His face, like his face, will change. Like in the show, he he took on this character of like really that oh, kind of. Oh, unrecognizable. Yeah, like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
1: He's a completely different person.
0: Is he? Yeah. If he um, would he still be on for the seventh? If Oh my God, you guys yeah, got? Course, yeah. <laughs> How was it working with him on the set in the show? Oh, it's a blast
1: I mean he's one of the, he's literally one of the funnest people to improv with ever I mean he—he's you know improvising with Ian is like a master class the guy's a genius
0: and it's just yeah. well because with um, with Reno 911 you guys have I guess you guys are kind of used to rotation almost because you have so many like special guests or and you you cast so many people for the different episodes so it wasn't even an issue like like that way like incorporating him into like the Reno. Family. Um,
1: it was certainly a little weirder to get started this season with new people, yeah. And it was, you know, it's always a trick, just kind of figuring out how what the vibe's going to be like, and, yeah you know, who's going to fill what kind of role and stuff, so. Well,
0: like, and was, generally,
1: the only thing you can guarantee is it never really is going to work out the way you expect it.
0: But it'll work out some way, hopefully. It'll always
1: surprise you in some way, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, what was it like um, when you guys first started the show, because, you know, it was basically like, you guys, like, few of you were from the state, but... For those few of you, it was kind of like moving from one big, you know, sketch group that you've been working with for so long, kind of Viva Variety, but then kind of moving to like this whole new group. Like, was, what was that like?
1: Well, it really isn't. I mean, really, the show, Reno was always mine, Ben, and Carrie's show. Mm. We created it, and, uh, you know, and, and it was basically the same process as working on Viva, which a lot of people don't know that Viva Variety actually lasted longer than the state. Yeah, V uh, yeah, Variety was on for like three seasons, so, um, you know, originally we kind of cast everybody in Real 911, mm.
2: um,
1: and we were always going to write all the episodes, and we still do actually write all of the episodes and stuff, so, um, but it was, you know, it was, it was, originally it was never intended to be what it was, originally it was just going to be a sketch comedy show that we were doing for Fox, mm. um, that we had worked on for like years. Uh, and then it got canceled kind of at the last minute and then it basically turned into totally by accident turned into reno nine one one so
0: mm-hmm. yeah well I think it's I think it's it's worked out well and it's really cool to see that you guys can do both the improv and the sketch and I know you've talked about that in other interviews but it seems like like this season what I really liked with the new cast was that it's obvious that you know really no matter who is the reno nine one one team it's gonna somehow work out to be that same kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are able to just kind of like keep it going. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Bit. The sensibility, I think the sensibility is always the same.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, I
1: got to say, like, my favorite uh, Terry sketch with Nick Swartzon this year was the one that Ian did. Yeah. From, like, the very first episode, which yeah. is the one where Terry is the informant on the street, basically. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and he meets him, like, behind the wall and, like, Rene- exactly. Yeah. Renisha's ca- yeah. just, like, kind of like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time today. You of took course. a long time for doing this. Um, so, it's
1: always nice to see you at all of these shows. I've seen you at. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm. I'm always there. I like to be in the in the know. If I'm not going to be performing, I should at least be at all of them. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm sure, I will see you again at something very soon. All right,
0: thanks so much.
2: Awesome, thanks, man. Talk right, to you later. bye. Bye.
0: Well, that's the show for this week. I want to thank DJ Doug Pound for my awesome show theme. He's amazing and made that from the genius of his brain. You can check out more of his genius brain um, products at Doug Pound, D-O-G-G-P-O-U-N-D.com. Thanks again for downloading the podcast. And please tune in to the full show on Thursday mornings or Wednesday night, however you want to think about it. from 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. on KUCI.org. Um, there's a lot to the show that we can't put on the podcast, like comedy albums, clips from TV shows, awesome, amazing surprise call-in guests, um, and so much more that is still pretty awesome. So check it out. Um, do a stream record. Um Boycott TiVo until they allow you to record the FM waves along with your TV as well. Whatever you need to do. Naked Comedy, Thursday mornings, Wednesday nights, 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. on KUCI.org. Um, until then, I'm um, Uh going to... K-U-C-I you see I the coach coach the cooch cooch K-U-C-I you see I the coach coach the coach coach K-U-C-I, you see I the coach Naked comedy